0: welcome to the hr happy hour show with steve and trish trish i read a story this morning about a person who's been obsessively collecting zunes do you remember zunes remember what that is no. that was what the old this? microsoft mp3 player that was their competitor to the ipod it came out dec- wow you know, early 2000s well, anyway there's a guy out there obsessively collecting these old zunes so it made me think of today's question which is this what old or obsolete piece of technology, Trish, do you really miss that you loved? Maybe you would even use it again.
1: Well, it's it's definitely obsolete. But do you remember the Sony Watchman? Yeah. It was the little tiny TV. I had a a small one. I don't even know the screen was. I don't know four or five inches obviously before cell phones. Right. And I would take it to the beach and it was waterproof and sandproof and it was like bright yellow. Oh my gosh. I thought I was the coolest thing ever when I was you, about you probably were. With, yeah, probably with my cool. Sony Watchman. you know, everyone else had the, yeah, no, I thought that was great. What about you? What's I, your obsolete I, technology? I,
0: you, I, don't, I wish I still had it too. It probably wouldn't work, but my, one of my first cell phones I loved, it was, it was from Verizon. <laughs> I might've been a Motorola. It was like a flip phone, which I liked. It was a little brick. It was very small. It's probably mm-hmm. as thick as it was long. It was like almost like a little square. Flip that baby up. Love that thing. I think I had a camera on it too. Yeah. I love texting. Like when you had to write the letter H, you had to hit the four like three times, you know. <laughs> it's awesome. So I, I kind of miss the, missed the
1: Blackberry. Do you miss the Blackberry? I was I a Blackberry having like person. A keyboard.
0: Yeah. Sure.
1: We sound yeah. so old. I need a keyboard. Can someone right. bring that back?
0: I'm gonna get you that phone that they market for um, the senior community, Trish. with oh, the
1: jitterbugs. giant, jitter bugs. giant
0: <laughs> buttons, and you know the emergency button and the giant one, two, three. That'd be pretty good.
1: I one one thing, but and then we'll dive into the show. But I just got uh, a hand me down from one of my kids. They stopped using their Apple Watch, so it's a couple mm-hmm. years old. But like I'm, I'm trying to use it, and I had to set the, um, I had to set the font like on the largest, like accessibility. Mm-hmm setting for um oh, for me yeah, to you know, see so it's all awful. right we need to get
0: on with the show i, I want to ask let's you, get on with the show you have the, the playing cards with the giant numbers on them too now? no not yet
1: i need them I all need right them. We, we need to stop uh, this
0: uh okay so you have a great guest uh, wendy mirad is with us mm-hmm. from ceridian wendy was a guest on our uh hr happy hour work break we had such a good time we said you've got to come on the podcast wendy is the let me get her title here right hell on Wendy is the vice president at Ceridian Europe. She is responsible for the commercial and strategic growth across Ceridian Europe, having spent most of her career working with organizations undertaking global HCM and payroll transformation. She has a wealth of experience and has developed long-term partnerships with clients over many years in the HCM industry. As a highly active member of the global HR and payroll community, Wendy knows the challenges clients face in managing global businesses with people in multiple territories and jurisdictions. Wendy has been part of the Ceridian family before and rejoined in January 2019 to drive growth across Europe. Wendy, welcome to the HR Happy Hour show. How are you?
2: I am superb. It's so lovely to be with you guys again. I was very honored to be your first international guest at the HR Happy Hour. So thank you so much for inviting me back.
0: Well, it's great to have you. You're coming to us from Scotland, right? I don't remember what city. Is it uh, Edinburgh, Glasgow, some other uh,
2: place? Just 20 minutes outside of Glasgow. I'm in a small town called Paisley, which is really close to Glasgow. So yes, I'm on the hills on the outskirts.
0: Nice. So first of all, so maybe we could start with this, Wendy, for folks who maybe didn't catch you on the video show a couple of weeks back or whenever we did it. Uh, maybe tell us about what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about your role and kind of what's, uh, what's happening over there in Europe.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, obviously, we're all hugely impacted at the moment in Europe with the pandemic. So, um, you know, from our perspective, what I'm looking to do uh, across European, you know, Cerulean landscape is, is to help our customers have an amazing experience. And what we've really found is that our customers have really leveraged the technology of Dayforce to help them with all the changes Uh, most countries have had you know local government schemes that have came into play to be able to support with furlough schemes and you know with organizations that have had to close down because of the the government legislation and guidelines and so with day fours we find a lot of our customers have really used that as the communication channel to their people not just here in the uk but also across their their european um landscape as well so from a team perspective we are growing at ceridian europe uh, we've uh, really Looked to to maximize the opportunity where we can support our growth curve and and we're supporting our customers locally. There's a lot of investment, a lot of recruitment, uh, which is always very exciting um, as we widen our landscape. And actually, one of my priorities at the moment is uh, continuing to build up our mainland European footprint. So, you know, moving further with our investment into Germany is very, very exciting as, as we support our customers there. There's lots of things going on. Obviously, everyone is virtual at the moment. Back in last year, David Ossip, my CEO, was in London with me. And it was just at the time where, you know, everything was starting to happen over here with the pandemic coming across. And because Ceridian being a global organization has got locations from Sydney to Hawaii, you know, we, we cover the full scope to support our customers. Um, So we really watched what was going on in APJ and kept a close eye on things. We absolutely, you know, we've got an amazing disaster recovery team who, you know, we're we're looking at how we support and service our customers to make sure that we really double clicked on all of those aspects before things started to really hit an APJ. Mm -hmm. So we actually did a lot of that background work, first of all, before the pandemic really started to impact on, on countries. And and that sort of wave came across uh, as we saw, and it hit us really in March. And I was with David in early March with customers. Um, some of our customers, like we, we do uh, customer networking uh, sessions where we'll go out for dinner, and we'll you know pull all the, the executives together. And it's a great opportunity just to, share experience and 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 do that networking thing and and get david directly involved with um those conversations and build up those relationships so we really we really love that and we actually had one of those dinners and the following day we pulled the lever and moving the whole business from office working to virtual working literally overnight and our teams did a phenomenal job, you know, the IT teams supporting everybody, making sure they all had laptops and VPNs and, you know, making sure that nobody was impacted. There was a huge amount of work that the teams did from our IT infrastructure team, but it worked seamlessly and our customers were not impacted at all. But yeah, it's been very exciting and very fast. I can't believe how quickly the year has went. And I think that's probably contributed by the back-to-back Zoom meetings and how hard everyone is working in these very challenging times.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We agree. You know, I think it's interesting how, you know, you're talking about how your customers are reacting. Some of them obviously going live for the first time, and it it was a seamless experience. One thing I'm curious about is obviously, you know, you are one of our international guests, and you do have international customers. So when you're talking with your customers, did you see that from country to country or region to region that there was any real difference in the way that they prepared or Or reacted to the change? I know you've mentioned, obviously, you have, you know, of course, offices in North America, in Europe, really all over the world. Was there any, any differences in like cultural differences in the way that people wanted to roll things out? Or did you find it was fairly similar?
2: No, I I, I think from a Ceridian perspective, we're absolutely one global team. So, you know, our experience across the Ceridian table was exactly the same from region to region. But, But speaking to the customers, when I have executive meetings, seeing how they prepared... I mean, there were some organizations that were looking to have technology projects and things were accelerated because the boards were like, we can't actually manage our business without getting a secure infrastructure in place. So in some instances, it really accelerated those programs and and we had to shuffle resources to be able to meet the really aggressive timescales that they needed to have things in place. And in other instances, you know, we have a lot of customers in retail and hospitality and here across Europe, you know, hospitality and retail really you know it was it was a really difficult time for them in 2020 you know a lot of stores shut down people were put on furlough hospitality restaurants you know there's been very limited amounts of exposure that they've had to be able to open their stores up so you know those kind of industries because project teams where they are maybe planning to do projects actually were put on furlough as well But when things started to open back up again, I think a lot of people were realizing that we need to actually start picking things back up, getting the programs in place so that we're in a position of strength when we come out the other side. Cause you know, I don't know about you guys, but I have not eaten out in 10 months. <laughs> I am desperate to go to a restaurant. In fact, I'll probably never cook as soon as things are, everyone's had the vaccine again. And, you know, we can start actually taking our families out and having a meal without having to dry through or yeah. have it delivered. Technology is a major part of how we've been able to keep things going. Our business has been totally reliant on communicating with one another and our customers through these means of Zooms and team meetings and, and shared collaboration. I do think that the pandemic and the way things have evolved, is going to definitely be more at the forefront of every board's agenda to make sure that there's robust structure and, and backup systems in place to be able to make sure that things can continue. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. when, that's one of the things we've seen over the course of 2020, right? Because organizations who had even organizations who have been reluctant and there's still a lot out there have been reluctant to invest in new technologies Even cloud-based technologies, right, they had not made that move yet that they realized, boy, we really have to now. We can't get into our facilities anymore. Like, we can't operate as normal, right? And we need to be able to rely on a series of technology partners, right, that are going to be able to help them navigate through uh, all these changes. One of the things, Wendy, I wanted to ask you, though, because you mentioned uh, you're growing, you're looking to expand, right, try to build out the team, et cetera, et cetera. How's been your experience, either your experience there or maybe with some of the customers you work with about, on, you know, hiring, onboarding, acclimating, getting people up to speed completely virtually? You I mean, you talked about some of the, the small talk that you miss, the casual interactions prior to the meeting, et cetera, the team dinners that you can't have. C- can you share some thoughts on that, like how you've been able to get through that or how organizations who are managing to do it successfully, how, how they're doing it in a complete virtual yeah. environment?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think We need to all have really robust broadband systems, right? So, when you're internet, I mean, I was literally having conversations with my talent acquisition team, and I'm like, it's a must. I need people that can be on video. You know, I don't know how quickly I'm going to be able to get people out speaking to our customers again. So, I need to make sure that they've got great internet services and that I can see them. And we can make this as easy as possible for the experience until we can start getting out and about again. I think from the onboarding point of view, it's always really, onboarding is a huge area for me as, as a people leader. You wanna make sure people are as effective as possible and, and really you know, aligned with the culture that the business is driving towards, that they feel part of that. So for me, onboarding has always been a really important topic of making sure that you continue that recruitment process and bring them into the family fold as quickly as possible in a way that they feel accountable for the success of the business so actually driving that momentum forward now there's always the onboarding things and, and We've got an amazing part of day force. We use our own system and it keeps me honest about making sure that I've got laptops and I've got mobile phones and I've got, you know, passes and people have got email systems and things set up and the system makes me look good. Right? <laughs> so, you know, like I don't need to worry about these things. Cause I get constant reminders if I haven't done all the right checks with IT to get these things in place. But if people don't have that, they feel like they've been forgotten about. And so when you start day one and you don't have an email address or a laptop, and I have joined companies like that before, and you wait a week before you get it, and there's nothing more embarrassing than being ineffective. Because how can you do anything if you haven't got the tools to do your job? So actually, our team do an amazing job getting those things out. Obviously, it goes straight to home because there's virtual workers. We've built it up a, a lot of our team over the course of 2020. And one of the things that I've really promoted within our team is making sure that we have virtual coffees so especially when you're brand new you know having that onboarding couple of days onboarding to really get them excited about their role what their impact is how they can support the growth and be part of the journey and then start with the small things you know real milestones to get them you know networking into the wider community and taking the time to build up that network whether it's virtual coffees, whether it's joining in shadowy meetings, whether you know it's preparing for future presentations, but actually giving them small steps so that they can build up their network like they would if they were taken around an office. You just have to be a little bit more organized with that. And I think the real key thing is making sure people feel that they've got a safe place to come to. If you're a brand new person in an organization and you don't have... You know the connections yet you need to make sure people have got supported buddy systems in place not just within a team but also within wider teams or across different regions i actually am really a big fan of you know actually encouraging buddy systems across different regions apj and us mm-hmm. so that you know the teams get to just navigate different ways and different access points to other parts of the organization the collaboration across the industry is something that i've said many times and when i've been speaking to people that i really hope we never lose that because you know it it doesn't matter what company you work for i'm a ceridian but you know there's other payroll organizations out there we're all collaborating and sharing our guidance and what we're interpreting and and i really see that as a a real step forward for the payroll industry um over here, so I really hope we don't lose that as we move back into what new normal looks like. We all start getting back out and about again. I think there's been some real positives that have came from a really dark situation.
0: Wendy, that's uh, that's I think actually a really uh, inspiring way to look at it, right? Like you're 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 spinning it much more uh, positively, which I think is great, which we all kind of need. Like we were even chatting before we started recording on the show, like oh my god, like all kinds of things going on. And have you seen the news today? And as we actually record this, we're recording this literally on inauguration day. It's going to run a little bit later, so that's happening like as we speak, as we record this, which is another just whole set of drama, right? At least certainly here for for folks who are working in the U.S. I guess. last thing Wendy would be if you can sort of look forward to 2021 we talked a little bit about you know getting things a little bit more back to normal hopefully some industries that have been harder hit bouncing back what are some of the things you're looking forward to you know from your perspective in Europe and helping your customers and helping your teams kind of I don't know rebound or kind of come come back to what what things were like before
2: Uh, Well, other than the requests I'm getting constantly from both, you know, my teams and customers, they want a big party. Like they are desperate for a big party. They all get together again, all of them. Um, So I I, I suspect my Amex might get hit there. Um, Now, in all seriousness, um, I I really, as I said, I think there's some really great things that have came from the industry collaborating together. I think that's huge. And I really want to hope that continues. And I think the big things that we're seeing is things people need to be comfortable, you know, whether they're working from the office or whether they're working from home. And I don't think it's so much now about organizations dictating what that looks like. I think it's now about the talent in organizations choosing where their levels of comfort, you know, how comfortable are they on where they want to work? And if you can give people the tools to do their job well, anywhere in the world you know it's about giving people the freedom to do that and i think that's really where directionally the future of work is going you know enabling the talent in organizations to you know do their job at whatever time best suits maybe they've got homeschooling and maybe they're you know having to work around the clock in different areas to service their customers and that's okay, as long as the deliverables are you know, delivered for the time is that everyone expects. And I think that's what's shifting. One of the things that I've heard an awful lot over the last 12 months across the board is that if you haven't really looked after and cared for your talent, then great talent will go. And that war for talent has always been something that we in HR have talked about for years and years. But actually now it's been about how do you empower your talent to be part of the future of your organization how do you give them the tools to be effective to do that how do you take that information and shift that up into the organization so they really genuinely have the power to be able to drive things forward and how do you facilitate technology to help managers and leaders to be able to harness that feedback and 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 share that i see the future work very much going down that route and, and shifting the, the power source in that direction. But I also see um, that level of flexibility, that, that really, especially over 21, we're definitely gonna have to take an approach where we look at how comfortable people are. If we move the needle too much, and, and I was speaking to the CEO just this week where you know they were saying, no, my team are definitely going back into the office. And my guidance in that conversation, I always enjoy our exec conversations with our customers, but my guidance there was just once you don't push the needle too much, because if you push it and you don't give that level of choice, it's much more costly to you to have to go and find new talent to replace because you pushed a needle that maybe they weren't ready for.
1: Yeah. And
2: it was was interesting.
1: Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I think uh, before we get too far away from, from some of those great answers, I think that as practitioners, we've known for years that these are the things that we need to do to use technology to enable. It feels to me like what we've gone through in 2020 and now into the beginning of 21 is really just putting that all into practice finally, right? There was never a real push, a real reason to have to sort of do what everyone was pontificating about. And here we are doing it. And so for me too, I think it's about everyone... I all last year I was tired of everyone talking about the new normal and and going back to the office and all of that because it why go back it was broken right it was not working properly why not just look forward so I like what you're saying about you know not moving the needle too much you know letting people have that choice because I think that blended approach is what's really that's what we've been waiting for that's what leaders have been waiting for employees have been waiting for and and having a more personalized customized uh, experience with your employer, I think, will be what keeps those people long term. I mean, Steve, you've probably, probably worked in places where that applies too, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's a great point there because I think that what the data is showing, right? The most of the data I've seen about how people feel about returning to work, say, in that in that narrow kind of uh, context is about 25% of people want to go back how it was before. Let's say if you were an organization that everybody went into a workplace every day. So about 25% of people want to go back to that. About 25% of people ish don't want to ever go back. I'll work from home now forever. And about 50% in the middle, right? It's a classic bell curve, right? Want some sort of hybrid arrangement, a couple of days in the office maybe, or a week in the office, a week at home, some sort of modified kind of arrangement. And that, and that, Trish, I think that speaks to what you just said about what people really want is a workplace and, and work, uh, an employer that works for them and for their context and for their desires, right. how they work best, how man- how they can manage their home life, their personal life, their family life, and their work life. And it's not one size fits all. Wendy, that's what you, I think, Wendy, when you're talking to that CEO, right, mm-hmm. uh, She or he, she or he was probably... Just thinking, oh, one size fits all is going to work. That's how we work in it. Obviously, as you were trying to advise them, right? It's not going to work that way.
2: And I thought it was really interesting because if you think about your stats there, you called out that CEO was probably that 25%. I want to get back to the office. Yeah. And, I, and I've seen organizations where the CEO drives the agenda culture, drives the agenda for the, you know, how the business operates. And, and even to a point where how they like operate their HR and, and payroll target operating model, Ooh. because where, you know, the CEO wants that to be. And, and that's the piece where I think that that's the shift that's going to come and 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 I'm actually was having another conversation with the CEO recently about you know how amazing like we have an amazing culture that david I love that I dovetail into David and Lee's culture about you know day four really being that sort of day culture, and how do we help build that across the world with our customers that get the impact of that and and one of the conversations I was having this week was wouldn't it be an amazing experiment if you can have the cultural aspects of an organization that's really coming from the people and that's what drives things doing a sort of bottom up approach. Um, I've never seen it in an organization. Mm-hmm. I would love to see if there is any organizations out there, if they do reach out to me, because um, I'd love to see how they've managed to make that effective.
0: Yeah. Good um, stuff. Yeah. I think so too, Wendy. I think it's great, great stuff. We could, this is. We could probably go on forever, and we shouldn't, right? Because uh, we've all got a lot to do and a lot to sort of manage here. It is. Like got to go do this. We've it's got a big it day. Happen. It's a big day. A lot going on. But man, Wendy, it's so much fun. I knew we would have fun on this show because we had so much fun on the work break vlog uh, uh, back in I don't when we did it. But uh, thanks for uh, spending some time with us today. You are so welcome. I. I too. I mean, like we could talk about some of these
2: topics for hours so I, I, good luck today i'll be yeah. watching on yeah. my news as things all That's progress cool.
0: yeah. but um yeah.
2: yeah no thanks again for having me guys it was lovely to see you
0: great great stuff we will we'll, uh we have your get your twitter handle your linkedin stuff get that in the show notes seridian.com to learn more about what seridian is up to and uh yeah thanks again wendy and, and be, sta- be safe and be well over over in scotland
2: you too
1: thank you
0: all right trish good stuff big day here in the u.s
1: it is. It is. It's, uh, it's one that's going to go down in the books, right? So <laughs> I'm by glad the time so- this, by the time this airs, we will, we will know the results of how it went. So yeah, hopefully everyone sure. stays safe and, uh, and it goes smoothly. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So, uh, we want to thank Work Human and our friends at Paychecks, of course, for that's all their right. support and Wendy Gunn, thanks for joining us, Trish. Uh, good stuff. We'll let, uh, let you go, let our listeners go for our guest, Wendy Muirhead for Trish McFarland. My name is Steve Bowes. Thank you so much for listening to the HR happy hour show. We will see you next time and bye for now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere